What's going on world? It's your girl Fluid Flower and I'm so excited to tell you all the ways that you can support me. First, if you're not following me on Instagram and TikTok, you better start now. Follow the podcast at Fluid Thoughts Pod for updates on new releases of episodes, Patreon content, and podcast announcements. When you click the link in my bio, you'll find all the links you need to support me on Patreon, Anchor.fm, and also a link to my website for blog posts, show notes, and other special projects coming soon. Whether you donate, listen, and download, or become an official patron, your support helps me to create original content and bring you fresh, fluid, flower flavor that I know you love. Did I mention I have audiobooks that are written and read aloud by me exclusively on Patreon? Trust me, you won't want to miss out on these stories. So go ahead, subscribe, like, follow, share, and most of all, enjoy. Your support is forever appreciated. Now let's get back to the show. <laughs> Welcome back. I'm still black. It is I, your gracious host, Fluid Flower, coming at you with another episode of Fluid Thoughts. Y'all, when I tell you I am so goddamn tired, I have never in my life felt adulting the way that I am feeling adulting right now. It's bills. Is inflation, is killers outside. I'm tired. I just want to be on a boat. <laughs> no, actually, I don't ever want to get on a cruise. I want to be at an all-inclusive resort with a fanboy named George that feeds me grapes and chocolates and wine and cheese. And I never want to leave, ever. <laughs> um, but yes. Speaking of work, today's episode, we're just going to dive right in. And I do have to inform you all, unfortunately, because I am so tired, I do not have a story today. But I have stories in the episode, but I don't have a story for after the episode, which is fine. Um, because I kind of want to talk about that today. And I want to just essentially talk about don't run yourself ragged for these raggedy ass jobs. <laughs> And that includes the jobs that you create for yourself. When we think about everything that is going on, things I just named, like mass shootings, inflation, wars in in countries abroad, occupation by the U.S. Army, like in different countries abroad and even in our homelands of like Hawaii and like Samoa, I say homelands, but like colonies of places. And there's still occupation all over today. We, we're talking about the threat of violence from capitalism, from patriarchy. We're talking about literally people of marginalized communities being targeted every day. And then Uncle Sam is still like, yeah, I get that. I'm a part of that, actually. But you're still going to have to pay these taxes, bitch. <laughs> and it is just relentless and never ending. And I just kind of decided a few days ago that I'm just not going to let these jobs, uh, my content creation, I'm not going to let anything or anyone stress me out. Now, I also need to acknowledge that I have a modicum of privilege because there are people who have situations. I think it's more than a modicum of privilege. I think I just have privilege because there are people in situations that can't just up and say, I'm not going to allow things to stress me out. 
and I'm in a better position where, sure, after I pay my rent and car note and bills for both times of the month, because, you know, people who pay bills, we pay bills at the beginning of the month and the middle of the month. <laughs> um, whether we get paid biweekly or once a month, depending however you get paid, or some people get paid weekly, bills are coming out the check. And so for me, in my situation, even when the bills come out, okay, the rent's paid for, car notes paid for, you have a little bit of groceries, your medicine is paid for through, by your insurance. Um, and so even though you may not have disposable income, your basic necessities are still covered. I just don't have disposable income to like do the things that I would like to do. So I'm just learning to make do because sometimes I don't have the basic necessities or rather sometimes I don't have the money to cover the basic necessities that I have. Um, and then I, so I just decided at some point that I'm just not gonna allow this shit to bog me down because I'll give you an example. I remember being a young, I mean, I'm still young. I'm only 29. Um, I remember being a very young person in corporate America. Actually, my first job, even before I got to corporate, which wasn't really corporate because it was a software company. I remember my first job was me as a teacher. And I remember all of this nonsense and fluff for people to like, puff you up and fluff you up to make you feel like you're making a difference and you're making a change and you're doing it for the students. You're doing it for the blacks and for the Mexicans. And I'm just like, y'all, they literally, the, the neoliberalism was on 10 cause I worked with teach for America. And so the whole running joke was that, um, you know, teachers are underpaid because this is the, one of the most difficult jobs in the world. And I was like, oh, well, how difficult can it be? Yada, yada, yada. Because I thought, you know, my little teacher training that I had was going to be very similar. Well, the teacher training didn't prepare me at all. And I remember after our summer training, getting selected to work in this brand new school um, that's supposed to function like a charter school inside of a real public school system because they're both getting funds from the state and you get to use a building and then it's supposed to be like a partnership and yada, yada, hibbity, hobbity, hoobla. And I remember them um, saying that I have to write lesson plans, uh, lesson plans I have to grade. I have to make sure that I account for the students' emotional availability, for their mental availability. You're also teaching uh, low socioeconomic, uh, low income socioeconomic students. So they're, you know, economically challenged and disadvantaged. Kids come to school hungry. Kids come to school with dirt, dirt on their clothes because they don't have no washers and dryers at home. Kids, families, uh, family members getting deported. I mean, just all kinds of stuff. And when you would meet with your supervisor, your administrator, they would always say, well, you know what? The hard work's going to pay off. Just keep working hard. You know, just, you just got to keep working hard, bitch. When I tell you trigger warning for suicide content, when I tell you that I wanted to run myself off the road, because this was a typical day for me, I would wake up at 445 in the morning. And I would get dressed to sit in traffic for two hours because I live in North Houston and I had to travel all the way to like South, uh, South West, like South, like West Houston, like Spring Branch, Katy area. And the traffic from 45 to over there was absolutely fucking shit crazy because I lived near the airport at the time, the Bush Intercontinental Airport. And people who know Houston, that's a, that's, that's a bit of a trek. 
wake up at 4.45, sit in traffic for two hours. I would be at the school at by 6.30 and then my first class was at 7.30. So I had about an hour to print off all of my um, like lessons for the day and print out the tests and grade and do um, like look at papers and add grades in the grade book. And I was just stressing the fuck out because not only that, you do that for your school, but with Teach for America, you also have to do these professional development trainings. You had to drive to South Houston, like the Bay Area of fucking Houston. Uh, uh, is it the Bay Area? I don't know. It's, you had to drive to South Houston and it's close to the fucking Gulf of Mexico. That's all I know. Where you're damn near pretty much in Galveston or like Texas City Lamarck. So you're like on the cusp. And you have to drive all the way over there to now um, do these pre- professional development tra- uh, trainings after a full day of teaching. I did that almost every fucking week for God knows how long. Cause I started in August. I quit like in like February or March of the, of the following year. Cause I was like, this is some bullshit. I literally was saving money cause I was working myself to, to the bone. And cause I would go to have a full day of teaching, do the professional development, Sometimes the professional development was at my campus, but sometimes it was across the town. And then from there, sit in more traffic for two or three hours, not getting back home till eight or nine o'clock. Barely eating any food. My voice is like cracking because I'm yelling at students and teaching two block periods back to fucking back. And then get chewed out by supervisors or content leaders because, oh, well, we noticed that you didn't have this poster up and that's a part of your review. And if you don't have this fucking poster up, then the kids won't learn it and we won't be able to know if they, bitch, fuck you. You get mad at me because of a fucking poster. I don't have the money, which I had to pay for, by the way, had to buy my own fucking supplies, had to decorate my own fucking room. And I, and mind you the whole time. The salary is shit because you're paying for your own certification, which is $5,000 by the fucking way, $5,000. So every take home check after paying for certification, uh, uh, your teacher, uh, teacher's retirement, federal tax, and I think, uh, social security, I only took home $1,200 every two weeks, but the supposed salary was 47,000, 1200. Now, mind you, I didn't feel the cusp of it because I was living at home with my family. But it's the fact that I could barely save for myself um, because I'm helping with bills at home. Right. Because I'm not just living at home for free. I'm paying seven hundred dollar light bills. I'm paying cable bills. I'm buying groceries for everybody because I don't pay rent, but I pay for other things. And so now I am like. Uh, every time I get paid, I save like two or $300, put it in a savings account because I was so run down. I was going to buy a cash car for like three or $4,000 and run myself off the road into a fucking bayou because I was that goddamn tired. I, I ended up going to counseling and I ended up, I, th- I think the counselor like recommended for me to quit because she was like, you don't need this. You're 22 years old. You shouldn't be going through this. Y'all, it was literally not even just the work of it. It was children coming in the classroom and sexually harassing me. Little boys trying to grab my breasts. Um, little, little boys saying 
the how they how they wanted to like sleep with me now mind you i'm a survivor of sexual assault and you hearing that shit when you walk into a fucking classroom when i'm not mentally prepared to be there i'm like are you are you fucking kidding me how else am i supposed to react and when i went and told the 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 dean of students or like the the principal was anything done absolutely fucking not because don't nobody give a fuck about you. They give a fuck about the outcome and they don't give a fuck about the kids. They only care about the fucking test scores. I had a breakdown in the classroom. There was this white student, one of the only white students, who, who would come in every single day and just give me hell. And I had reported him because I was like, he keeps saying the N-word and I'm one of the only black teachers here and y'all are not correcting him. So when this little boy came to give me an apology, he said, I'm sorry for saying nigger, miss. Oh, bitch. Oh my God. I wanted to whoop that little boy's ass. I'm like having, having to back up from my microphone because my shit is like peaking. It's so fucking red. I'm screaming so loud. What do you mean you're sorry for saying nigger, you crustaceous creeping cracker oh my god and I was like y'all not gonna do nothing about this y'all just gonna let this boy say this to me oh okay so it was it was dealing with shit with that the sexual remarks from these little boys the girls were fine they were so great so brilliant so amazing but these little boys were absolutely fucking horrible no respect so I am just thinking about all of the children that like torment me so because like fast forward to December I'm thinking about all the children who torment me um, because, and I had like seven more days on this break left and it's like Sunday night and I have the Sunday anxieties, but I'm like, okay, but Monday you're not going into work. Like, why are you, you know, why are you feeling anxious? Why are you feeling this crazy? And I just remember thinking about, oh my God, I have to see this kid and that kid. And oh my God, this kid's going to try to touch me. And oh my God. And I, and I remember the thought creeping into my brain, hey, you've got at least 2,000 saved. You know you can go get a car and run yourself off the road, right? And that's when I realized when our bodies are put in these high-pressure situations, the body will do what it needs to do to regulate itself. And if dying is the thing that it takes for me to get out of the hellhole that I'm in, that is what it was for me because my body was like, this is trauma and this is dangerous. And if we need to die so we don't experience this anymore, then that's what the fuck we're going to do. But God be to glory or to glory be to God. See, I ain't been to church in so, so long. <laughs> to God. Uh, what is my hallelujah? <laughs> Praise white Jesus. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Praise white Jesus. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uncle Ruckus. Um, but yes, I, so that suicidal thought is coming into my head. And then I just hear again a voice coming from my heart that was like, hey, bitch, you're too young to be thinking about you need to kill yourself because of this fucking job. You literally can go get any other fucking job quit this fucking job. And I felt so ashamed for thinking that because when you come into these schools with Teach for America and these underprivileged schools and all this bullshit, you go to session after session after session and these like kickoff parties and they'll pump you up. Yeah. Teaching America's youth. Yeah. For the blacks, like all these fucking crazy ass white people who are doing all of this nonsense 
to cheer you on, to shame you, to, to keeping you in the system. And they'll sit here and say, if not you, then who? Bitch, somebody the fuck else. Not Ephemena, Tallulah, Pay, and Monafe. Not I, said the black sheep. Somebody the fuck else. Them kids will be the fuck okay. But if I'm having like desperate thoughts, desperate thoughts coming into my brain, these intrusive thoughts coming into my brain saying that I should end my life because at least I won't be at that fucking job anymore. It's time to leave that goddamn fucking job. If you are having these intrusive thoughts and it's most likely from you experiencing burnout at these jobs, baby, leave that fucking job. That job will be okay. I know call centers right now. You need a quick... (laughs) You need a quick $1,200 till you really figure something out. Baby, go to the call center. <laughs> Baby, you can walk inside a Walmart and be like, hey, give me the job. Like, I'm not applying. Just give me the job because I know you niggas need help. There's two lanes open and there are 50 million people who need a checkout. I know y'all need to hire people, <laughs> which I found out recently was a hiring practice because they would rather put the stress on those cashiers to not open more lanes because they don't want to spend the money on hiring more people because they want to keep their costs down. You see how these jobs don't give a fuck about us? Fuck these people. Fuck these jobs. Fucking crazy. When I started to feel like this again, and and that's kind of like my marker, right? I always know when my mental health is declining, when I start, when the intrusive thoughts start coming like, well, you know, a meteor could come at any moment and end everything and (laughs) then you won't have to ever pay bills. And I'm just like, okay, well, let's not get too morbid at Femina, right? Like, let's let's try to keep it positive. And then I know I'm like, oh, okay, I I need to take a break. Like, I haven't regrouped. I'm getting away from myself. I haven't, you know, like like fostered. I haven't cared for myself in a while. But these jobs make it so difficult for you to care for yourself because you're just constantly thinking about work and your value and your self esteem and and how much you how much production you're creating for that company or creating for yourself if you work for yourself. You're like, oh, I need to do this because I need also I need to grind. Well, if I if 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 I won't do it, who will? If not you, then who? Then you know all of this bullshit. Kotiri, ah ah, relax, it's enough, (laughs) relax, (laughs) like, we are literally capital, we are replaceable, and I promise you before, and back to the teaching job, before I even officially left, they were already interviewing other teachers to come and take my spot, so, I'm sitting up here teaching a full class. Here come the interviewee. She observing me and giving me compliments on how I run my classroom. And I have such great classroom culture. And she only hopes that she can be able to run and and do things like me. Okay, bitch, whatever. When these kids start grabbing on your pussy and start start smacking you on your ass, you're going to be triggered too. Okay? But yeah, I always know (laughs) that it's time for me to bounce. Or time for me to stop doing what the fuck I'm doing. When these hideous, nasty, horrible thoughts start coming into my brain and I feel like I can't turn them off. When I worked at the last spot that I was working at, I knew it was time to go. I knew it was time to go when I was working there (laughs) after three months. Because I told y'all about that manager who had texted me. She was like, hey, guys, like, hey, Effie, I noticed that you clocked out at 
at 4.59. You just need to make sure that you're not clocking out earlier and you're not clocking out late, late at 5.01. You need to clock out exactly at 5 o'clock because we don't want to pay you that overtime. That bitch. So um, I remember, <laughs> this is month three. We had our fir- uh, my first three-month review. And she told me that I needed to stop talking to one of my friends who was in IT. And I was like, well, what do you mean stop talking to this person? Like, we work together. Like, I, how can I not talk to them? And that position um, where I was at as an office manager, you literally have to work with almost every fucking department. And he was one of, like, he was, like, pretty high up there in terms of, like, his department that he was in, right? And I had to talk to the other guys of that department because I had, I helped with the shipping. I helped with all the other stuff. I was just like a huge help, right? I did the work for five departments. And she was like, well, the COO said that he saw such and such standing at your desk and talking to you. I said, okay, are they not allowed to talk to me? Like you do know that we have missing IT equipment and I'm trying to help them track it down. Yeah, but you just really need to make sure that you're not talking to them and getting yourself involved with the wrong people. She said that because they were black. They didn't want me talking to the black people at work because when the white people come up to me at work, nobody ever said anything, but it's only a problem when we have a nigga meeting and y'all, y'all don't never let the niggas meet. (laughs) This is the same manager, Um, which, you know, I don't really like calling these people's manager. I don't like calling them managers because bitch, what are you managing? You don't do nothing. I do everything. You tell me, the stuff to do and I do it. And then when I leave, you don't know what the fuck to do because I'm the one that does it. Okay, bitch. So you're not doing anything. Oh, well, I think they manage and they delegate. Again, you don't do shit. So fuck you. This is the same bitch <laughs> where um, she wanted to do an office walkthrough. Now, mind you, this is a rich old white lady. Her husband is like the CEO of this construction company that makes mini mansions um, all over Texas. So she doesn't have to work, but she works because they want something to control. Her kids out of the house. They're probably out of the house because they don't want to re- be around her ass. And so now she's sitting up here talking to me about, oh, um, let's do an office walkthrough. So she's like, yeah, take all of the pin tacks off the cubicles and make sure all of the cubicle drawers are shut and make sure the cubby holes in the pu- uh, cubicles and the cubicles are shut as well. Take all of this stuff, all this on the ceiling has to go down. So we walking through the whole office, cleaning stuff, organizing stuff. I'm just like, oh my God, like this is too fucking much. And just when I think I'm about to be released for the day, cause it's like 5.30 at this point. She's like, oh, I can give you some overtime today. This bitch gonna open her mouth and say, yeah. And you know what? Before you leave, just go ahead and wipe the walls. Huh? Yeah, just like take some uh, Mr. Clean Eraser and just kind of like just, you know, get those spots on the wall. You want me to wash the walls? Yeah, just just go ahead. And And as she's saying this, she's packing her shit to drive back to the other office that's in another town. So I did one wall, unfortunately, and I chose to do the wall in a very public setting so that people could say, hey, Epi was washing the walls because this woman would have spies. 
she would ask like senior management and people that she's bonded with who are in very senior positions about me and oh how's she doing oh I asked her to do this can you go check if she did that and then she would Skype me from the other office that was in Austin and be like hey you need to do this and you need to do that because it's not done and I'm like how this bitch know that this shit ain't done yet you know what I'm saying because she had people watching me and so when I'm sitting here wiping the walls my friend the same friend that she told me not to talk to he comes up to me he's like this is not the job for you. You need to figure something else out. And that was within the first year of me working there. So now, uh, right before the pandemic happens, there was supposedly um, an issue because our building where we, where we were on, we were like on the, one of the mid-high floors on the building. And then there was like this a floor of offices on like say like the fifth floor or something and like it was like different businesses but our company at the time had uh I don't say our company the company that I worked for at the time they had the whole floor to themselves and so two floors below us there was like these uh a floor full of like office suites so there was a law office there and apparently apparently all types of characters come through and they are vibrant and they are very lively colorful people so apparently one of these lively, vibrant, colorful people brought a gun. We don't know to this day, or at least I don't know to this day, if it was one of the clients seeking um, law consultation or if it was one of the employees, like a disgruntled employee. All I know is I had left to go get lunch. I came back and I see people, cars like five, six, seven, like almost seven or eight cars in a row flying through the garage trying to get out. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So I get a text from one of my homies at IT, shout out to him. They say it's a shooter in the building. If I were you, I would just drive home. And I'm like, what the fuck? A shooter? So I'm like, okay, well shit, I'm going home then. (laughs) So I get in my car and then as soon as I turn my engine on, Whose name do I see across my fucking screen? I was like, oh God, what this bitch want? So I said, hey, Karen, bitch gonna call her Karen. She's like, Effie, is there an active shooter in the building? I said, I don't know, I'm at lunch. I'm still, like I was just about to walk into the building, but I was told to turn around and go home. Well, you can't go home. Why the fuck not? Well, Effie, uh, can you walk inside and see if the shooter... Bitch, <laughs> you hold on, cause I'm I'm. Uh, let me run that back for y'all. We don't know if it's a situation, if it's an active shooter in this bitch, and you're asking me to walk in a building with a potential active shooter. I sat there and I paused and I just let her hear herself, and then she goes, "Oh well, well, I, I don't want you to, you know, put yourself in any danger, but if you want to calmly and safely." walk into the build almost <laughs> like this bitch got me fucked up she's like i just need you to see how you can get to the 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 building management people and ask them if it's safe for us to continue working they have to let us know by law i said karen if you open one of the many emails that we have had back and forth with uh, with the building management you can see that they're phone number the main line is there if you call I'm sure they will answer oh perfect perfect okay I'm gonna give them a call and you try to get to safety I said okay well I 
I see the fire department come and then the firefighter walks to my vehicle. He's like, Hey, it's all clear. Like you don't have to be in your car anymore. I was like, okay, great. I go upstairs and it's a frenzy of white people just around me. Effie, is there a shooter? Do we need to go home? Do we need to do this? I said, hey guys, the fire department's on the way up. There's nothing I can do for you at this point. And what do these crackers do? Continue to ask me questions. Karen is continuing to call me. HR is continuing to call me and ask me like I know. Nigga, you're HR. <laughs> Why are you asking me to do your job? So... It was that, the last straw at that job, because I knew, again, like I said, when I start thinking of ways to end it all, that's when I know I need to go. So I, I was stressed at that point, but I, but I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm at home, I'm trying to save money, I'm trying to do this. Da, 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 da. Well, the pandemic came. <laughs> Karen ends up getting fired They hired this one girl They fire her Then they hire another lady That lady was a complete fool I ended up doing all of the work She's not doing anything All of a sudden I get an email from the COO About how I have You know Just ruined the office And I'm so terrible Like this man wrote this in an email to me I wish I had screenshots of it Oh my god like, mind you, he's a COO. Nigga, don't you have, excuse me, Cracker, don't you have deals to be, to be closing? Why are you worried about the coffee creamer in the office? Long story short, my health got the best of me. And that's, and I've actually, it's a, right now I'm recording this episode. It is 6.15. It is June 15th, 2022, 10.40 PM. A year ago, this week I was in the hospital and this is around the time where he sends me this letter and my health starts declining and all this kind of other stuff. And as I'm sitting there in the, in the hospital with IVs in my veins and my sugar is high and I have cysts all over my uterus and my ovaries, I'm just like, wow, you know what? And these five days of rest of being locked up in this hospital, I feel calm. So you know what's not making me feel calm? This fucking job. <laughs> Man, I quit. So the moral of the story is, anytime your mental health is taking a toll, and I think it's so difficult to quit these jobs, right? Because it's tied to how we essentially make our living, have income, can have our basic necessities covered. But I think that's why it's so important that we as people have to organize so that when these jobs start fucking with us, we can just fucking leave and know that our basic necessities are covered. I, I have shelter. I will have medicine. I will have everything that I need because my community has me. And so I was saying to my point of when it comes to like mental health, these jobs fuck with our mental health so much because we don't have community because we're isolated. So at the end of the day, we as a collective, we have to figure this shit the fuck out because these companies are going to use us and abuse us for all that we have. And when we're dead, they're still going to expect us to show up. So fuck them. This is this episode is for anybody who is going through it at their job. If you're going through it at school, if it's something that you're working towards your goal, I would advise you to just take small steps. I know it seems like you have to conquer everything in one day, 
but just do what the fuck you can. If that means you fail the class, then you just fucking fail the class. The class will be there to retake next semester. If if that means you missed the promotion, quit and get another job so you get another a better promotion. Fuck these places. Because they will never, ever, ever do what is best for you. They will always choose profit over your own life. And... <laughs> I thought I was done, but I got a little bit more left. And also, um, I think I mentioned in the beginning of the episode that when I said I'm not going to let these jobs kill me, that also means my content creation. Content creating for me is also, is like having a, a second full-time job from posting to managing, uh, you know, social media to, com- you know, managing comments. I told you I'm trying to get these ad deals. If I'm eating, y'all going to eat, Right. And so you, you, you be thinking about people who have these major accounts, these people who got millions and millions of followers and getting brand sponsorships and checks and shit like that. You be like, damn, I want that too. But you have to create the content and in creating the content, you actually, it's, it's work. You have to think about a pitch, an idea, put it together. You have to rehearse, practice, and then shoot and then upload, right? That shit takes a lot of energy. And I'm at the point where I'm like, other than the podcast, whatever I post on social media, that's just going to be shit that I feel like posting. I am not about to be, I'm not, I'm not about to be doing niche content on social media specifically, unless it's for like the podcast page. But honestly, I just want to get out there and post stuff and have fun because the idea of content creation just absolutely needs to be monetized also comes from capitalism. And so at this point, sometimes I'd be like, damn, I need to put out an episode. I need to put out an episode and my heart will start jittering and I will cry and I will break down because I'm so fucking tired from working and handling my day job and doing what I do over there. And I'm like, well, now this is my nighttime job and I got to do what I do over there. And then it's like, this unrealistic expectation of, oh, I need to work on the weekends as well. I'll be fucking tired on the weekend. I'm not trying to work on the fucking weekend. And so then, because I actually rest on Saturday and Sunday, I'd be like, damn, I have to, I really do have to put in the work Monday through Friday or else this shit is not getting done. And I'm really trying to be consistent because I'm not trying to work these motherfucking day jobs forever. I'm not trying to be in, in, in this motherfucking uh, rat race for motherfucking ever. I would love to live off of my content creation and just go and be happy on that same all-inclusive resort with George as he feeds me grapes and cheese and wine and chocolate, which are the four things that I would bring if I was ever deserted on a desert island or something. But point is, even if you work for yourself, do not run yourself ragged. Only do what you can do. The orders will be there. The, the the social media posts will be there. The viral posts will be there. You're still going to go viral. You're still going to get a lot of followers. It takes time to build. But in the meantime that you're building your social media platforms or your content creation, do not burn yourself the fuck out. Just don't. Don't do it for a job. Don't burn yourself out for yourself. Don't burn yourself out for your family. And like I said, these are factors that we can't control because most of our burnout comes from the fact that we live in this shitty superstructure of white supremacist capitalism. So now with that being said, (laughs) I'm going to sign off and go the fuck to sleep. I'm going to edit this as best as I can. And I will see you all (laughs) later. Bye.